My name is Deborah. I'm a writer who loves all things money. I'm Hui Yu, and I'm a financial advisor who wants to help you fall in love with money. And you're listening to Good Girls Talk About Money, the monthly podcast where we talk about how you can build a clearer picture of your financial well-being and be more confident about money in general. Okay, so we're recording this on the second day of. Lunar New Year. So I just want to wish everyone a very prosperous year of the tiger ahead. Gong si fa tai. So Hui, what have you been up to lately? Well, it was the most eventful weekend of oh, my yeah. life. My block caught fire, massive fire. Uh, I was rudely uh, woken up at 5 a.m. Oh my god. The whole block had to evacuate. And uh, thankfully, we are all safe, as me and my neighbors are safe, but mm-hmm. very unfortunately, one person passed away. Yeah. But for more news, you can Google uh, Straits Times or Mothership. <laughs> so, so yes, then that is my weekend. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, um, it's been an eventful last two months, I would say, like since our last recording session. Um, well, I've made the decision to buy... Um, my neighbor's unit next door. Very, very lucky. <laughs> yeah, it was really, it wasn't expected. Lah. So I was heading out for a Christmas like gathering one day and then my neighbor kind of like, hey, Debs, are you in a rush? And I said, um, no, what's up? So she told me that her family is moving to Canada and they're putting their flat up for sale. And if I was interested in buying it over to make um, a jumbo flat. Nice. So, so the long and short of it is after doing my sums and stuff like that, um, yeah, we've decided to go ahead. Um, yeah, and so I've been busy getting that processes because I refused to get a real estate agent to represent me. So I really went and like did everything myself. Um, and then after that, now I'm kind of like meeting a lot of IDs to just shop this because I have a very limited uh, rental budget. Mm. And I don't think I want to spend a lot on renovation. So yeah, and which brings us to the topic, you know, about everything is linked, like housing, renovation, you know, stuff cost. like that. Mm, the cost of living. So um, it's an I word that I think it's on a lot of people's mind these days. And I can mean, you guess what the I word is? The big I word. Yes, it ends with, it has an F somewhere in the middle. <laughs> but uh, not that not what you're thinking of so today we're going to talk about inflation yes so Hui, what do you understand by the word inflation uh one of the first few terms that i learned when i entered the industry mm-hmm. is inflation and the reason why my boss saw the importance in, in teaching me what inflation meant is because that is pretty much our job to help our clients fight against inflation, maybe not fight, but better prepare themselves against inflation. So what he taught me was how to explain inflation to people in an easy to understand manner. Okay, for example, if you are used to drinking coffee back in, I don't know, 2000, and maybe it <laughs> cost you, I don't know, 60 cents, 70 cents? Okay. Now 
in the same coffee shop, the same cup of coffee will cost you maybe one ten. So that simply said is inflation for you. The rise or the increase of cost that you pay over the years. Mm. And so some of the research that I, I did for today's uh, podcast also included uh, price of HDB flats over the years, price of taxis over the years. Yep. And um, Debs will ask me more questions about this later. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's a very clear definition of inflation that you have just provided for our listeners. So for me, I think my first encounter with the word inflation is during a food tasting session back when I was a journalist. So there was a, a food reviewer from another publication, you know, we we're talking about investments, we we're talking about savings, and, and he made a very interesting statement that I'll always remember. You can never outsave inflation. And you know, what does that mean? What do you mean what what do you think he meant by saying that you can never outsave inflation? From my point of view, uh, it is simply if GST today is 7% and your bank interest is paying you 0.05%. 7% is many, many times of 0.05%. Mm. So if you were to continue putting your money in the bank, basically what it means is your money is getting eroded by yeah. inflation or GST over the years. Mm. Am I right? Correct. And it's even worse if let's say you're the kind who save all your money in the Milo tin. <laughs> Because you're not even earning interest in okay, that. Okay, guys, don't do that because your house may <laughs> catch fire like mine did. So <laughs> that's, that's gone. Yeah. And like, I think one of the, I wanted to tell you this little, I thought it was a neat trick for money, um, you know, that I wanted to like tell you about. But on hindsight, it's not really a wise thing. So uh, my sister and I have this thing where every time we get a $5 note, when we spend our money, we will save that $5 note. So she's accumulated many, many $5 notes. And I've just only started last year and I've accumulated about 30 pieces of $5 notes. And I had them in a little pouch. So I actually have like this whole green bunch of $5 notes that I have in my drawer somewhere and stuff like that. So the other day, my husband like saw it and he said, what are you intending to do with all these $5 notes? Like he's giving me this look like, uh, what's going on here, right? That's that's the equivalent of the Milo tin, and I was like, I don't know. I actually I don't know. It's just really cute to see these five dollar notes in a little pouch, and then I was thinking, that, like, he said, maybe one one day we might need these five dollar notes. He said, what to go and buy chicken rice? You know that kind of thing. So yeah, so I think after our podcast, what I will do is I will take those five dollar notes and go and do cash deposit and put them into a bank account. <laughs> you know what? I had the exact same habit. Oh my god, I was saving $5. What is? And I used to get excited when I get change and yeah. see these green notes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But after I joined the industry, <laughs> I figured that it really doesn't make sense for me to keep this physical $5 notes in mm. my drawer. Okay. And so I stopped there. <laughs> I don't know, it was just something that was so visually exciting and things that I can look forward to when I get all my small change and stuff like that. But I digress. Okay, so back to the topic of inflation. You did some research regarding like price of taxi, food, HDB. So tell us, what have you found? Okay, uh, eventually we will need to talk about GST a bit later. Mm -hmm. But now, okay, let's just talk about taxis. Okay, yeah. since most of us take taxis. And taxi fares are going to go up. 
in March. Mm. Okay, so from 370 to 390, something like that. I remember when I was in primary school, this is what I was asking Debs about just now. Taxi flag, flag off, flag down rates used to be 120. Mm. And then in secondary school, it became 220, 240, and now it's 370. Wow. Just when you bought, the taxi hasn't even moved. <laughs> okay, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I I always felt a bit strange having to pay this, pay this flag down fee. Okay. Not in March, it's going to increase. To what, yeah. uh, do you know? I think 390. Wow. Yeah, you, you guys can refer to the Space Times uh, article. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's going to move up to 390. Okay. And the other thing that I was reading up on is the price of HDB flats. Mm. So, in the 70s, when HDB flats were first introduced, yeah. the average price of a three-room flat would cost you $15,000. Mm. Okay, I repeat, uh, it's $15,000. Yeah. My parents bought their four-room flat in Clementi when they first got married for $12,000. $12,000? Yeah. Gosh. But that was, okay, without revealing my age, that was many, 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 many years ago, but yeah. $12,000 is, I can't even buy a, a car. Wait, maybe you can buy a bicycle? Yeah. So when they got on block and they have already fully paid off their old flat, basically, well, my parents are sitting on a golden nest, I guess, because, you know, their, their flat now in Clementi is actually the one above the mall. And that's, that one has been making news about how people are selling their flats off at Clementi for more than a million. But I think back in those days, you know, during our parents' time, 12000 was probably not... Huge. Yeah, it was probably huge, right? Yeah. Okay, so this, this is yet another example of inflation. Mm. 12000 back then was probably a lot of money to our parents. Mm. But you compare $12,000 today, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like a lot and it can't buy you very much. Yep. Like I said, you can probably buy a, an expensive bicycle, but that's it. I mean, you, you definitely can't afford a car, not even a second-hand car, I think, unless it's a very, very old car. Yep. That, that's about all. You definitely cannot afford a, a property mm. with $12,000. Okay. <laughs> so let me move on. Yep. The 80s, okay? Mm. The same three-room flat will cost $50,000. And that's just a 10-year difference for the same flat. Mm. Okay? $50,000 compared to today's price is still very, very little. And then in 1990s, um, the brand new flat, three-room, will cost you $120,000. Wow. Fast forward to today, it will cost you around $300,000. So we are looking at, what, $15,000? to 300,000, 1970s until now. So that's like 40, 50 years. Okay. And that for you is inflation inflation in Singapore. For housing. For housing. And yeah, wow. And I was just reading this very interesting article as well about how Rolex, (laughs) (laughs) Patek Philip, you know, they have also recently increased um, their prices, you know, as inflation hits 40-year high. And basically, it's like because of COVID, you know, um, the supply and the shipping um, chain, the supply chains, you know, are affected. And so that's kind of like affected all the raw materials and blah, blah, blah. And so 
prices for watches have also increased. And although watches are non-essential living materials, you know, you don't really need a luxury watch to get on with your life, but you can also see how you, the inflation has also hit something as, you know, not necessary, not like non-essential stuff as luxury goods like watches, right? So one of the things that was like, I saw in the article like Patek's solid gold grand complication increased from $176,240 to $182,150, which represents a 3.4% rise. And I was just like, wow. So I wouldn't even want to, you know, start researching how much I might I might earn if I were to sell off, you know, some of the luxury goods that we have, right? Like, like I, I think the other day, I made, I still think it's a silly mistake, but one that I, I'm not so heartbroken about, like I really, I caved in and went to buy the YSL bag that I've been yeah. eyeing for a year. And the price, so my friend in June, you know, had this whole DFS personal shopping, personal shopping experience thing. And so she went into DFS, the YSL at DSF, DFS to check the bag that I wanted. And I think she said the price was 1200 something and then by the time i got around to buying it at ysl at ion it was already one thousand seven hundred dollars how many months later that was about five months later wow yeah okay so five months passed and the i mean yes also considering the fact that you know dfs is gst free and there is gst here but you know the price definitely have gone up as well. So that for you again is inflation. So the thing is, what can we do during a time like this? For me, I've noticed that my investments, like the money that I've put into a robo advisory platform for the first time in two years have dipped below my capital invested. Mm. So, you know, say for instance, I've put in $20,000 into this robo advisory platform, you know, and for the longest time, it's been maybe hovering around 22, 23, 21. But the other day when I logged in, it was, it's now at the high 19,000. So I've lost maybe a hundred dollars. Okay. But yeah. So from your point of view, Hui Yu, during this time, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking like, oh my God, I'm losing money. Should I just withdraw my money? and put it into a bank, you know, that kind of thing. So what should we do with our investments during a time like this? So basically, Debs, you, you touched on two important points. Mm. The first one is that uh, your investment is losing money, mm-hmm. which to me means that the economy is taking a dip right now. Mm. Okay? And whenever the economy is going through a dip or a correction, what I advise clients to do is to pump in more money. It's pretty much like Imagine your YSL bag mm. that you bought for thousand seven. Mm. If it dropped back to thousand two, would you buy it? Probably. I bought it already. Well, if, yeah. Imagine oh. you haven't bought it. Yeah. And you've been eyeing it. Yeah. And then you saw the prices go up from yep. thousand two thousand seven. Mm. If the prices were to drop back to thousand two, would you buy it? Probably. Probably right. Yeah. Because it's discounted. Yeah. Okay. Same thing for the for your investments. Mm. If the prices were to drop, you as an investor are basically buying at a discount. Mm. So market corrections present a very good opportunity for you to buy cheaper. Yeah. And that is what I have been asking my clients to do. Mm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is 
we know that inflation is rising and it will continue to rise. GST is going to increase from 7% to 9%. Okay. okay. Let me give you a brief history. Of GST? So GST started in Singapore at 3%. Yeah. Right? Yes. Not, not that long ago. Yeah. And then it became 5%. And then it became 7%. Okay, to me, the, the jump from 5 to 7 sounded big. And now to jump from 7 to 9, it sounds even bigger. Yeah. Okay? It's something that you cannot avoid. Okay, you, you live here, you have to pay your tax. Yeah. So, imagine if you have all this money saved in the bank, giving you 0.05% interest, but the tax they are paying, the GST they are paying is 9%. You can do a very simple calculation to see how much more GST is over the interest that the bank is paying you. Mm. So, to answer your question on what we can do with our money to safeguard ourselves against uh, inflation, I would say the simplest thing to do is to invest your money wisely. Mm. Okay, the, the key word here is wisely, okay? Because there are in Singapore there are so many uh, financial products out there that's yes. available to us, and it's very easy to run with the current Fed or what is the most fashionable or what is most talked about. Mm. And even I myself cannot keep up. We we spoke quite a bit about uh, Bitcoin. Yep. I'm sure we are both leading, mm. right? I, I, I personally am leading. I am negative 80%. So there's a huge loss for me. Yeah. And therefore, what I told myself when I bought my first Bitcoin was that I am prepared to lose the money. Mm. Just because uh, crypto is so volatile. Yeah. And now there's NFTs, which is which is just, I, I, I can't even comprehend. <laughs> I'm still trying to understand what it is, okay? So I guess we can't do a podcast on that. Not but soon. I need to listen to another podcast on NFT. <laughs> um, yeah, so what you can do as a person staying in Singapore trying to combat inflation is just to invest your money safely, wisely, prudently. Mm-hmm. If you need help, find an advisor that you can trust who understands what you need. If you can be bothered to read up on the different financial products, do your own due diligence. But for me, what I do is, I would say 90% of my money is in unit trust. Yeah. So basically, what I advise my parents to do, I test it on myself first. Mm-hmm. After I, I find out that it's sound, then will I recommend to my clients. I guess the conclusion is if you are seeing a negative return on your investment right now, don't panic. Yes. And okay, and, and to be fair, I see many portfolios that are making a loss right now. So mm-hmm. they're in the red. But what I think it is firstly, like I said, this presents an opportunity to buy at a discount. Yep. So if you don't have extra cash to pop in, at least just hold on to your current investments yep. and don't panic sell. Mm. Because if you panic sell, you are basically benefiting the people who have spare cash to buy off you at mm. a discount. Yeah. You get it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how you can say the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Uh, I hate that term. Yeah, unfortunately. So at times like this, mm. when it's very easy to give it to your emotions, yeah. basically your fear, 
and just cut loss ASAP. Mm. Ultimately, if your investments are solid, yep. there's no need to worry. Mm. You can just go out to it. But if your underlying investments are crap, yep. you don't even know what you're buying into, you don't know what underlying companies you're buying, then you probably need to relook your investments altogether. Yeah, and I had a very interesting conversation with my sister yesterday as well. Miss $5. Miss <laughs> $5. Oh my gosh, she's not going to kill me if she hears it. So basically, right, we're talking about how banks also charge people a fee when their account balance fall below a certain amount. Yep. And then we're talking about like, this is really penalizing the poor. So basically, already you have so little to begin with. And with the cost of living always increasing, the chances of you dipping into your savings or even not being able to save as much is now even more likely. You know, so basically, if you have $2,000 and the cost of, cost of living has gone up because of inflation, maybe at the end of each month, you are just getting by, you know, with that $1,000. You, you can barely manage to keep $1,000 as your account balance in the bank. But now, because of inflation, maybe it's $998. You just need that extra $2. But what do the banks do? They charge you a fee when your account balance falls below $1,000. And that makes it even more difficult for the poor okay, to sort of, I don't know, boost their wealth yeah. or even grow their money and stuff like that, right? So I think poor households will spend a larger chunk of their monthly budgets on necessities such as food, petrol, school fees, you know, stuff like that. And I think at times like this, it's probably also prudent for us to think about what is our barest minimum like budget that we, you know, our essential budget that we need to also have to get by times like this, right? So I was also thinking on my drive over here, it's like, this is the time for all of us to, I don't know, think about things in a slightly like bigger picture kind of perspective. Like, yeah, you know, it's inflation, uh, your everyday C may go up by 10 cents, you know, uh, maybe your loaf of gardenia bread, you know, today it's what, $2.50, maybe in, by the end of the year, it could be $2.90, you know, things like that. But I think it's also kind of like time for us to sit down and also think about how we are using our money as well. Because these little things do add up, you know, and it's sometimes you buy that loaf of gardenia bread, maybe there's always one slice left behind by the time the expiry date rolls around. And I think it's time for us to also think about how we are treating our food, right? Because it is also, a this inflation is driven in part by the supply chain uh, challenges that everyone is facing globally. So don't buy a phone every time a new phone comes out because supply of precious metals are dwindling. You know, when you go grocery shopping, maybe you might want to ensure that you check what you have in your fridge or your pantry before you go and sort of buy things that you will end up wasting. It's supply and demand, right? And that demand is driven by everyone here. Like you think, oh, I'm just wasting one tea bag. But if a hundred thousand households waste one tea bag every month, 
that's a lot of tea bags that you know could have stayed in the supply chain for other households. I'm just saying that maybe it's also time for us to be more decent human beings when it comes to food, making making sure that we we put all the daily essentials to better use. Yeah, I mean, on that note, I think what we can do on a on a on an individual level is to be a bit more mindful mm. um, about what we are consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, like what Deb said, it's very simple. You know, before you buy, just check your pantry or your fridge to see if you still have some leftovers. Yeah, which very often we do. I mm. I do at least. Okay, and um, there's really no need for me to buy that new. Uh, What's that? I'm always buying chocolate bars. Mm. Okay. And then I when I open my cupboard, I find all these old chocolate bars that I have been accumulating. <laughs> I have not ordered, it's just that they have expired, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So I definitely can be a bit more mindful with my inventory check mm. before I buy a yeah. new bar of chocolate. Yeah, that's true. So if we think about it from the thing, right? Inflation is kind of driven by a lot of factors. First of all, there's fiscal policies, supply chains, um, challenges. There's also demand and supply. There's also cost of living, everything, right? And kind of everything is interlinked. Supply chains affect construction materials. And that's why flats are more expensive now than they were today. And with, you know, so many people still waiting for their BTO flats and stuff like that. Prices are definitely, higher prices are definitely here to stay. And I think this is when we need to sort of review our finances and ask ourselves if we are definitely putting our money to better use. And even if we can't outsave inflation, that you shouldn't be putting your money in Milotins. That's for sure, right? And then also, if you feel like right now is not the time to start investing, I don't know, in unit trust, in the stock market whatsoever, maybe you can sort of set aside more in your SRS account. Because then at least what you, you are assured of is tax rebates. And that in a way also help you save money. So be smart about where you are finding these new ways to actually make your money work harder, go the extra mile. And if let's say you, there, there are other things that you can do, right? Like also maybe set up a side business or try to maybe help babysit your neighbor's kids, you know, that kind of thing. So little ways to sort of increase your revenue streams would also be kind of one way to deal with the current um, inflation situation that we have right now. Mm. But to me, the easiest way is to just invest your money. Yeah. You know, um, because right now we are seeing a correction in the market. Yeah. Which, like I said, presents a very good opportunity mm. for you to enter. Mm. Uh, if you were to enter right now, you are basically entering at discounted prices. Yep. So why not? Mm. So if you say that, you know, if you enter right now, you are actually entering at discounted prices, right? For you, from a personal perspective, like... What are some of the, I would say, funds or industries you are still looking at, you know, that you feel confident about as a financial advisor that you would advise like clients like me to, to look at? For me, the, the fund that I have been investing in over the past few years and I have seen very consistent results is a tech fund. Mm. Okay. 
And with COVID and people working from home, there has been a lot of reliance on Zoom, WebEx, uh, you name it, they have it out okay, uh, Therefore, the prices of tech companies have been going up. And also, when we work from home, there's a shift in consumer behavior of like, instead of going to the shops, we do online shopping now. Mm. And that's why price share prices of companies like PayPal have been going up as well. But here we are in January, now February 2022, and we are seeing a correction in the market in general, yep. which also translates to a correction in tech. Mm. And for me, every time I see prices drop like by 10%, I will pump in more with a lump sum investment. So ongoing, I'm, I'm definitely doing dollar cost average, yep. which is pumping in a, a fixed amount of money every month into the investments. But when I see opportunities like this, I will also do an ad hoc lump sum investment mm. with whatever spare cash I have. And in my planning for my own money, I do set aside spare cash as a opportunity funds mm. for such opportunities when the market is big. Cool. Nice. Yeah. For me, well, I guess because of my new commitment, I don't have like that much cash to sort of pump into like such opportunities, right? Like the other day when you messaged me and I said, I wear your spare cash to pump. <laughs> yeah. So I think for me, the other day I was thinking like, yeah, you know, I may not have that spare cash to pump, but certainly I can benefit from tax breaks. Uh. So instead of like putting, and I'm, I'm kind of like also iffy about the performance of some of the robot advisory platforms that I'm with right now. So I'm kind of like, okay, you know, I'm undecided. So I thought I would just put that money into my SRS and see, you know, even if I don't invest it immediately, at the at most, you know, what I can get is at, at the very least, what I can get would be tax rebates for, for my income tax, which do add up if you think about it, right? Every month, three hundred, four hundred dollars. Oh my god, that's really a lot of money that that adds up over the years as as you're working. So stuff like that. So I hope this um episode kind of enlightened you about the current inflation situation. And if you do have more questions that you would like us to answer or you want to seek some advice regarding how you can, I don't know, make your investment work harder, work better um, during a time during times like this, you know, feel free to drop us an email at goodgirls.money at gmail.com. Yeah. And with that, you know, again, wishing you a very prosperous year of the tiger and Sing Kwai Le. Sing Kwai Le. Yeah.